Blog Talk. I'll give my comment and then I'm going to, you know how like you always say, uh, what say you, and then you, you know, with, yes. with your guests. Yes. That's what I'm going to do with you. So uh, we're going to be consulting with you about uh, uh, some issues, and um, we'll just see where it goes. There you go. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. You ready to go live? Ready to go live, brother. Let's do it. Okay. Did you put the banner, hit the banner thing so it can pop? Yeah, let's see. Hold yeah, on turn it on. Yeah, here. okay. Uh, Under banner, just click on it one time. It should show up. There you go. There we go. Oh, good. <laughs> there you go. Man. Excellent. Thanks, man. Nah, you got it, brother. You got this. This is your this is your uh thing. This is your jam, bro. This is what you do. All right. <laughs> Here we go. We are going live. All right, we'll wait. Uh after a while, uh StreamYard shows me the numbers that we have yes. that are attending. It doesn't uh, pop up right away. But as soon as I start seeing some people in attendance, then we'll We'll okay. start. And of course, uh, I'm going to put all of your information at the bottom of the video exactly. after it, after uh, the show ends. And so you like the suit? We'll do that. You like the suit that I grabbed for you? Yeah, man. That was, you look dope in there. You look so smooth. I mean, that was, <laughs> you smooth in there, man. I like that. Yeah. So you should have your That's own good. magazine, brother. <laughs> we keep telling you, man. You I'm so telling cool. you. Yeah. You look need, cool. need to have my own, uh, Clothing line, right? Yeah, yeah, that's how cool you look, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. All right, well, let's get started. A lot of people are going to watch this after the broadcast, obviously, because a lot of people tune into videos late at night and uh, throughout the night and, of course, into the morning. So, but I want to talk about being a father. In 2021, a lot of things were turned upside down in 2020. And one of the things that we had to do as men, we had to maintain normalcy for our family, for our friends. We couldn't freak out. We couldn't react. We couldn't get emotional during 2020 with some of the craziness. And what I want to do is I want to talk about some tips for parenting children of any age, whether they be little ones, toddlers, all the way up to those that are going in college, high school and college. Mm-hmm. So my first, my first point is this, Steve. Well, first of all, I need to introduce you. This is uh, uh, Steve Williams down in Texas. I'm up in Philly. Yes. He's in Texas. I I cannot introduce you as good as you can introduce you. So why don't you tell my audience? They already knew who you are, but remind them. Yes. I th- hey, first off, I am uh, Tan Chocolate. Uh, this is my fr- this is my brother from another mother. He is uh, a great man. I, I got to give him props. I got nothing but love, admiration, and respect for this man. And uh, I am Steve Williams. I am a, uh, I, I, I don't want to say a dating coach. I just teach manhood, but everything under the umbrella of manhood from meeting, dating, children, marriage, engagement, living together. So I try to cover everything. Been married for uh, the, my, my uh, pedigree, I guess. I've been doing this for over 30 years, but I've been married with no problems for 21 years. So I, I kind of got a hand in everything. So, yeah, so. 
Well, as they say, it ain't bragging if you can do it. Yes. And and I gotta say this too, because I I think at our last talk, I had brought the fact that you uh you have a very famous father. Tell everybody who your father is. Yes, I have a famous father. My famous father is Ted Williams. He's on Fox U. He was on MSNBC for a little while, but he, he's on Fox now. So he's a lawyer and he does criminal, uh, I don't know. Uh, they, they go to him. He's the go-to guy when it comes to laws and criminal and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah very famous guy. Probably one of the, well, the most well-known consultants on the media today. Uh, when it comes to the law, criminal investigation, loopholes, and all that stuff. And uh, the first time you told me that, I, I thought you were joking with me because <laughs> I really like your father. I, I you know, you know when you your father me. comes up. <laughs> now you know what you like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Whenever your father, you know, would come on TV, I would tell everyone, quiet, quiet, quiet. And so, yeah. yeah. That's where we get the personality from, so yes. Yeah, definitely. All right. We're talking about 2021, being a father in 2021, speaking of fathers. Yes. And uh, Steve Williams, you're one of my good friends. I trust what you say. Thank you. And I trust the information that you give my audience. I completely 100 trust them in your hands. Thank you. One of the first things about being a parent, about being a father, is this. If you say it, you own it. Once those words come out of your mouth to your kids, you can't call them back. Yes. How important are your words as a father to your children and to your wife? Uh, they're very important. But before, George, they're important to my kids and the wife. they got to be important to me. I- I've got to really trust myself enough to to say what i see uh what i teach is always talking about standing on your square and yep. what i mean by that is everything that i say and everything that i do i any how i communicate because i'm the one constant that communicates for me i've got to make sure that i own what i say i can stand by what i say i know why what i'm saying and i can fight for that or you know just to to pr- protect it if need be and it's got to be a trust with myself first, because as the leader of the household, I have to make sure that I just don't say things just to say them. You have to really sit back, not necessarily make cold, calculated moves, George, but you just have to know what it is that you're trying to get across because it's a balance. You know, you, you know the wife is different from the kids. You know, the, the kids are impressionable. Uh, the wife is the wife, but you've got to find that middle ground. So. It's a, it's a layers of things. It's not hard to do, but it's just when you do it, it's just a different way that you talk to your wife versus the way you talk to your kids, George. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Who is the easier parent? I know kids tend to, you know, Mom. The, uh, the classic answer. I, I, I see this, you know, kids will ask mom something. Mom says, well, ask your dad. They ask the dad. He says, well, ask your mom. Uh, and the kids end up gravitating to the easier parent because they know they can get away with more. How does that dynamic work <laughs> in the Williams household? 
Well, they go to mom, but I loop. I threw a wrench in that because I spoiled the kids because they honor when they honor roll they honor roll students and stuff. So I love to spoil them. So they go to mom for everything. Mom's the go to, but they love dad because dad is you know I'm a big kid. You know I watch SpongeBob SquarePants. I mean I grew up watching Dora the Explorer with him. So I'm just you know dad's a big kid that will throw a pillow at him, throw water on him, chase him around. And I got this thing called Daddy Claw, right? Just like, oh, here comes Daddy Claw. And they're like, don't too old for that. Stop that, Dad. So, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know, they get like college now. They're like, stop, Dad. You know, but no. Um, but yeah. they do go to mom because, you know, it, it's mom's nurturing. But for my sons, uh, I make sure that they love mom, respect mom, but I kind of pull them, my sons away from mom and keep them more towards me to te- teach them how to be more of a man in this world when they go out that door. Yeah, I like that. I've always heard, catch them doing something right. Don't always pick out yes. the wrong things that they're doing. Don't always try to set a trap for them or catch them uh, doing the wrong stuff. When you see them doing something good, yes. uh, what do you think about that concept? I think, yeah, I, 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 I demand not excellence. I just demand just hard work. I'm fine if you uh, get a bad grade. Uh, but the way I, my kids are is that they, I, I, we've set it up where they are not happy. That's, that's the best part. They're just, they have more disappointment in themselves when they do boy. It's not because they're going to get punished, but it's just how we set it up where they, they just have excellence in them. They just want to be good because it, again, it goes back to what my dad always told me that I always, you know, I, I, I talk to you about all the time is, you know, when I was small, my dad was like, you know, this is how it wins. He's a hamburger. This is how it wins. Walks. This is how it wins. Turns the light switch. This is how a woman uh, buys a soda. This is how a woman, oh, Williams opens the door. You know, so what I did is I instilled that in my children as in, and when you, when you get when you do good in school, I don't reward you because you're doing good. I reward that you are you are uh, responsible enough to take care of things yourself at your age. Without you know, you can always come to us for help, George. But I love the fact that we're teaching them how to be more independent and look to themselves for the answers, but all still come to us. Yeah, yeah. What about? Do you ever hear the phrase, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree? Are your kids like you or are they like your wife? They have the kindness of the wife, but they have the attitude of me. That's what I I like that. They, they, they are very well mannered properly. They speak, they, they, you know, don't speak unless they're heard. They, they, you know, they greet people kindly and all that other stuff, but I did give them a little edge where, you know, cause we're in a time where people try to bully kids and, you know, they try to, uh, so my children know that you're not going to talk to me this way. I- I'm not going to start anything. I'm not going to, you know, I'll walk away, but you're not going to talk to me. Now, not a teacher. Now, you know, they respect their teachers and things, but I teach them to stand on their ground. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to punish you for protecting yourself. You know, I, you know, I got my kids in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I, I, I got, I did all this in an early age because I don't, I, I know what kind of parent I am. And I know someone's messing with my kid. They don't want me at that school. So I, I told my kids how to defend themselves. So if you defend yourself and you don't start it, you're allowed to defend yourself. 
And if you get suspended, I'm taking you for ice cream and video games because I, I'm, a, I'm saying that I'm, I'm glad that you can save yourself. I, not save yourself, but protect yourself. I don't, I don't want the children to rely on me to be able to uh, or hide behind me. I want them to be independent thinkers. That's what's important to me. I like that. I remember when my uh, kids were little. I remember my daughter, a bad word came out of her mouth. And I have kids that don't curse. And, and I feel pretty good about that. And I'll never forget a word came out of my daughter's mouth. And I said, where did you learn that? She says, you. <laughs> and I thought, oops. <laughs> yes. Oops. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Same with me. I mean, I mean with the show I do, I'm, I'm pretty like, that's why my office is f- as far as way possible. <laughs> but because I yell, believe me. I'm sure all the curse words they know have come from the show that I do because I'm right. no tolerance guy, so they probably get it from me too. Yes, right. There's a concept called praise in public and reprimand in private. Take the kids aside, take them to their bedroom, yes. take them to the dining room. Yes. Don't don't humiliate them in front of all the other kids or in front of people. What are your thoughts about that? I, I have uh, struggled with that as uh, in the past I was impulsive and I wanted to just like let it out and yeah, well, chew out one kid in front of everybody. And I, yeah, it never well, really worked. Well, again, I grew up in the, before the internet. So that was the best thing for me. I grew up in a time where, it was a look. It, that's, a, that's what I created. It was, it was okay. We're going into Kmart, you know, because the guys I don't know those Kmart. Those we're going into Kmart, and you better yeah. not. And if you do, you know what's coming. And all right, cool. And then as soon as we tried to do something, it was just a, and we knew right there. So what I did was I took that from the seventies, and I did that with my kids, and it was just again. They know that dad doesn't play. Dad's fun. Dad's cool. But I, we don't do the slam your doors. We don't do the stomping up the stairs. We don't do talking back. I, 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 can't, rem- I can't even remember a time any of my kids did the stuff that I see the other kids doing nowadays. They're like, oh, my God, Dad, why can't you believe she said that to her parents? I, said, I guess. But the way I did it was starting at a young age. Again, I, I give them the look. And they know when they get to look from dad, that means I got to slow down what I'm doing. I need to take a few steps back because dad doesn't play. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have any projects that you do with your kids? I mean, other than like homework or anything like that, are there projects around the house? Anything that you've ever done from start to finish, whether it be maybe painting a room or doing some spring cleaning or building something, anything like that? Do you ever do any projects with the kids? Yeah, a lot of great ones. Uh, having the project of cutting the grass, project of washing dishes, the project of them folding their clothes, doing their own laundry, uh, the project of uh, learning how to cook. I mean, because home, I mean, I, I, you probably heard of home mech. A lot of people might not know what home mech is, but they don't have home mech anymore in, in school anymore. So, uh, those are my projects to, uh, to every project I do is to set them up to be self-sufficient when they leave the house. So 
I started at a young age, uh, uh, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, uh, sweeping the floors, uh, feeding the dogs, taking the dogs for a walk, uh, cutting the grass, all the things that I did when I was young, I, I push upon them, but those are the projects. Uh, but, uh, Painting, I haven't did. I know not painting or anything like that, but basically washing the car, just just things, and that that can help them be better people later on when they grow up. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I think when you finally launch them, you know, when they turn eighteen, nineteen, whatever, when they go away to college. Yes. Uh, if they've never done laundry. Boy, they're they're in for a, a shock when they go to college and go. Wait a minute, you know, mom did my laundry all these years. Now I got to figure out how to do it. Yes. And I th- I think it's I think it's good to have chores. What do you think of chores around the house? Well, from a person that did them all the time, I didn't like them. But now, I, as I got older, I understood why they were important, and that's what I transferred to the kids. See, a lot of children right now they will never understand the why until they get older, they have kids, and they'll. It is that time. You know, the best moment for me, uh, for for my sons that my son that's in college now is sitting down and saying, "Dad, you know, he doesn't have any kids or anything, but he's like." You know, I see now why you did what you did. You know, I see now, even though I didn't like what you wanted me to do, but I see that I don't have to rely on anybody. You know, you, I, you, he knows any of my kids know they can come to me anytime they want. I'm always there. Uh, and, but my supportive role is kind of like the sun. I, I kind of keep a distance, but around close enough where they know they can reach me because I am trying to teach them to be independent people where they rely on themselves and be responsible for what they do. That's excellent. What about uh, constant and never-ending improvement? What if you see a child stagnating, just kind of they're not growing, they're being uh, antisocial, they're staying in a lot, uh, they're watching a lot of TV, they're quiet at the dinner table. Um, is your family the kind of family that like where you would pull the kid aside or you would talk about it as a family at the dinner table? What, what did Steve Williams do? Well, the good thing that we did is that, uh, we had them open. I mean, they could always come and talk to us, but as far as stagnant, we had a plan and the plan that we set up was before we even, before I even had kids, there was a, it was a plan. It was a, not only about discipline, Halloween, birthdays, college, and all this other stuff. The plan I had was a great plan of attack was when they're in the, when they're in the first grade in the summer, they're going to start studying second grade. And when they're in the second grade in the summertime, you know, you, but before you go out and have fun and all that, which you can, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to help you have a step ahead of everybody else where you're going to start doing the next grade assignments, learning how to write and read and all the other stuff. So we pushed that uh, from summer to summer. So that's where we, we, we had no problems with that. Uh, but we always had, again, open door policy. If you have something bothering you, we, we could talk about it, but it, we, we're, we're, su- we're such a, again, I'm a big kid. So all we do is joke, laugh, and have a good time. And they're like, Dad, grow up type deal. Come on, Dad. You know, you're acting like a big kid. I'm a big kid. And I'll throw a piece of food at him. You know, that's, that's how I, but we always had fun. We never 
it, we're a weird family because I, I don't see. I've always lived by the I don't look at problems. I look at solutions. A problem to me is a meteor the size of Jupiter coming towards Earth. So I'm always been solution based. So what I've always did is I've always looked at things before they could happen. Not that I could solve them before they could happen, but I could kind of see where things are going. So then I know that I can kind of steer it in a, a certain direction before it comes to us and we got to handle it right then, man. I like that. Let's talk about privacy in the family. Yes. Now your kids are older. My kids are older, but when they were little, yes. I remember sticking them all in the bathtub together and it was, the, you know, the bubbles yes. and you know, it was fun and they come out and you throw a towel around or whatever. And, you know, a, a kid would be running naked through the house to their bedroom, whatever. And then there's a certain point where you just don't want naked kids running through the house. You start teaching them about privacy and modesty and stuff like that. I remember there was a certain point. I don't know. It might've been like four or five, somewhere around there where I bought bathrobes for the kids. And I'm like, you when you leave the bathroom, you put on a bath, you know, you put on a bathrobe when yes. after you take your bath yes. and you, if you're walking through the house, you have your bathrobe on, you don't go sprinting through the house naked, whatever. And I started teaching them how to be modest. Yes. You know, when you're uh, getting dressed or changing, you close the door of your bedroom, things like that. Yes. It, because it's going to be a very harsh reality if they grow up just not, <laughs> not having those kind of standards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at what age, what do you think is a good age to teach kids to start covering up, put on your bathrobe, put a towel around you. You know what I mean? Like when, at what, what age is appropriate to do that? I, I it's, it's very early. I, I would say to me, like four or five to me, because see, my whole thing is, is that, uh, for me, when they were itty bitty babies, I could take baths with them and all that stuff. Even for me, I yeah. had to stop. You know, I, it, was, it was a point where, okay, dad, dad, you know, dad's not supposed to be in the tub with you, and you're not supposed to be in the tub. But you know, girls can be in the tub with girls, boys can be in the tub with boys, but we're not to yeah. interact the two. So uh, it was just, uh, I would say, yeah, like four or five. It was, it was really, really early because I don't want them to feel like you know, uh, that I should be in the bathtub with a girl, you know, uh, you know, she's got yeah. different parts than you have and you're not really her. So yeah, what I did was if it was time to do it, the, the girls would go upstairs with mom. I would go downstairs with the boys. Even for me, I, I'm too, uh, uh, pull back even from my daughters, even though I'm not, I'm not weird or creepy, but I just, I wanted them to be more with mommy and I'll yep. be more with my boys because, you know, I that was daddy time with my sons. Also, while we're giving the bath, we could uh, talk, uh, not man talk, but start to talk and create our own language for ourselves and stuff. Just like for my daughters with their mom, where they can start, you know, leaning to mom to learn things more about being a lady. And I'm more about being a man. So that's how it was working. Yeah, yeah, that's very similar to how I operated, and <laughs> yes. uh, the and the ages are uh, similar. Like that, four, five is when you start teaching yes. kids yes. 
about privacy and, and such. Yes. Yeah. This is a call-in show. If somebody has a question, they yes. can call the number scrolling at the bottom yes. uh, and ask. And then also, too, somebody can ask a question. If they want to ask something in the chat, that's fine. If they want to uh, provide a super chat, that's fine, too. Yes. Let's go on to the next topic. Absolutely. Uh, if it's true that men and women are different, which they are, that means boys and girls are different. And you did touch upon that. Uh, there's a certain age where little kids are kind of like the same. You know what I mean? You, yeah. Little boys and little girls. Yeah. And then, and then, like you said, you start the boys start doing boy things, yeah. and the girls start doing girl things. Uh, what, at what age do you do the boys start doing boy things and girls start doing girl things? What do you think? I, I, I quote unquote what I call cut the umbilical cord around six or seven for my boys. I I cut yeah. I, I I I I try to show. Listen, love your mom, respect your mom, but you you we we've got to listen. I'm listen. I don't mind them all that you know sleeping and sleeping with mom and all that other stuff that they could get away with when they were young. I started to take that away bit by bit because I needed to show them how men are supposed to begin the process or boys supposed to begin the process of manhood. Now for my daughters, even though mom was doing the thing with my daughters, the, the, what I was the plan, the thing that I had that I gave my daughters is I allowed my daughters to see how mom and dad interacted. So my daughters can have an idea of how, men and women react, but also how mom, you know, mom cooked and mom, how, and again, I'm sorry, it's more, I'm, I'm more like a 1950 traditional, I'm like old school. So how mom cooked and how mom, you know, served me first and how mom, you know, all those things. So they started to learn that, you know, it, this is how traditional roles are, but my boys, it was, I was, I was tougher on my boys because I wanted to show my boys that, you know, outside that world, because, you know, I'm in an interracial relationship. So you got to understand that the color of your skin, even though their skin, they, they, they look more uh, lighter or more white. And you got to understand that, you know, not the world is not an evil place, but they're evil people in the world. So we've got to prepare you for the ridicule and the things that's going to happen as a half black, half white kid. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we have a question here. What is the hardest part of being a father and a parent? What would you say? The hardest part of being a father and a parent is really watching them grow up and just, uh, it's, it's just, it's not even hard. I only say it's hard. It, it, the hardest, gosh, what's the hardest part? Because I, I love duplicate. See, I'm just egotistical, right? You know, you tell behind, behind, I'm egotistical, but I, I, I duplicated me just like my father duplicated me. And it, and it, the hardest part to me is right now, like I, I, I can't play video games with my kids. You know, we would play, we would play video games. We would, we would play games. Uh, we turn out all the lights in the house and we play tag with the flashlights. Uh, you know, it, it's those things. It's when it, I, I miss the, I miss the, the Halloween, taking it for Halloween, uh, the, 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 you know, we do Christmas still together, but because they're older now and they're starting on their pathways towards their adulthood, their mid, you know, uh, pre-adults, 
it's just that's the hardest thing. Just you you miss you miss you can never get this back, guys. You miss those like when they're sitting there watching or coloring with the blues clues, George, or we're watching Door to Explore, and all. I mean that's the stuff I miss because that was really the one-on-one time where it was just I don't know. It's just I think to me that's the hardest thing. Just they're they're doing their own thing, George. I think that it's just them. They're 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 going about their adult life, and they're not the kids. Like they're not my kids. They're not my babies anymore. Type thing. So that'll probably be it, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting now that. I don't know if it's half of marriages are yeah. are ending in divorce or something like that. Uh, a lot of people, now kids are growing up in two homes, dad's home and mom's home. And I have found that a lot of dads want their children to be independent. Moms baby the kids yes. more. Yes. So they come to dad's house and we got to address these broken homes. They come to dad's house and there's rules mm-hmm. back in mom's house. Well, we don't have to do that at mom's house. Mom said, we don't have to do that. Right. What advice would you give the parents where kids are bouncing between two homes? The first advice I'd let them know is that mom and dad love you. Even though we're not together, we, we love you and everything and we support you. But again, uh, uh, I think that's the first thing they got to understand that, you know, we're, you're coming from a two parent home. You just got to understand that this is the life it is. It doesn't mean that we don't love you. It's just that mom and I just are not compatible enough. And that's something that you got to really talk to your kids about. You got to let them know. I mean, uh, it's going to be difficult because sometimes you're going to feel like you're missing out because you, you want both parents there. I'm sorry. You know, it just doesn't work out that way, but it doesn't mean we don't love you any less. It's just that mom and I are not working out. So it's just something that you got see for me. And, and the reason why I have such success is because I'm not like the regular parent that's going to coddle their kid from the truth that this is what it is. And again, you can, I, I'm, we're here for you. It's going to make you upset, but I rather you understand that, Outside your door is not sunshine and rainbows. Outside your door is not the perfect life, the perfect world that most parents do to these kids by lying to them, by shielding them from certain truths out there. I, I'm not there to scare you, but I'm there to let you see. So that's why they're, they're, they're really prepared. And that's why they, you know, they're honor roll students. And that's why, and, and for Jared, that's it. That, that's what they love school. I don't know what Jared's kids, I don't know what your kids, Jared, but Whoever said that in the chat room, my kids love school. They love great. They love, they, you know, they're going to one. I'm like, we're going to have the first doctor, uh, George, in uh, uh, the family. She's going to, uh, to, to Baylor. She's in Baylor right now. Uh, learning to be cool. doctor. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, we're going to have the, another engineer, another do- uh, psychiatrist. So they want excellence not because of me. It's because I put them in a position to see what excellence is like. And they wanted to grasp that uh, brass ring, George. Ian Simmons with a super chat. Thank you, sir. At what age would you start to teach your children personal finance in tracking their personal finances? George, for me, again, I, I, I just duplicate. I, I remember, George, back in the day, uh, we had a thing called marbles, guys. And marbles, we, we, we dig a hole in a certain area. And then whatever marble you hit in that hole, you kept the marble. So, George, you know I was terrible at marbles because I kept losing. 
So when I was around uh, like seven or eight, I was, you know, mom, dad, can I get some marbles? They're like, no, I'm not giving you any money. Go make your money. Go cut some grass. So I started cutting grass or I started bagging groceries just to get money to get marbles to lose them again. But I kept doing it because I just, just got a passion. So that's, I had a, see, for me, I believe in a work ethic at a young age. So you're going to earn your keep. Don't get it wrong. We're going to feed you, clothe you, uh, put shelter over your head. But all the extra stuff are things that you might have to work for. And that's where Georgia goes back to they were washing dishes. I mean, I did that at a young age. I don't see nothing wrong with a, uh, a six- or seven-year-old washing dishes, folding their own clothes, and doing their own laundry. It, it helped them in the long run. So with, but with even money, financial-wise, uh, it was very important to show them a dollar. It was very important now. And, again, it, it was kind of weird because, you know, we, we, we had it, we'd go to the, uh, the country club some of the times, and even though we had a uh, you know, part of the country club, you know, we had to let them know that this is not real. This is not, this is what mom and dad have created. This ain't you. This ain't yours. This is, this is not, you, you don't get, you don't get to live this lifestyle just because you're our kids. No, no, no. We're going to start you from the beginning and ground up to get you to work and know the price of a dollar. Now, again, yeah, they had nice things, George, but these were things that were earned because again, they, they were just, Really good kids. No, no arguments. No door slams. I mean, they, it was we just we're just a weird family because we because of how we set things up, of course. But it was all about learning the dollar, and we're going to give you some money if you want something, you spend it, okay? But we're going to make sure why you spend. Well, okay, you want to buy this? Why do you want to buy it? Why is this important? Why can't you wait for this or that? So we we pushed that at an early age, George, and it, it is it is just paying off dividends right now because the kids right now they they have their own bank accounts they don't ask for money they don't even ask for you know what's so funny george i offer money and they're like no nah, i'm good dad i'm like, okay cool and i'll just put it but you know they they they're so self-sufficient that they're not even asking they won't ask for anything i mean unless on christmas yeah. i've got to force it down their throat but that, that's how i set it up man yeah there's a question here. Let's see, a comment. Uh, Calderon says, I'm 34 years old, had a life-threatening injury. I'm sorry to hear that, sir. Uh, four years ago, due to injury, I can't be a regular dad for my kids, ages 8, 6, and 4. Physically, I'm limited. What advice can you give me in this situation? Yes. Well, I'll take this. Yes. Uh, Mr. Calderon, I, I will tell you this, that that's all your kids know. Uh, if it happened four years ago, your four-year-old only knows you with your limitations. So you are still Superman to him no matter what. The six-year-old doesn't remember when you were not injured. The eight-year-old might, but they're growing up with a dad, and that's their dad. You are their father. Yes. You know, you're not going to be out climbing Mount Everest. You're not going to, you know, you're physically limited, but you're not mentally limited. Children are going to benefit from your wisdom, and that didn't get injured. Maybe your body got injured, but your wisdom yes. hasn't gotten injured. What do you think of that, Steve? Yeah, I, I, first off, I, I thank you. That, that's a great question. Uh, I just want to let you know, and, and I, you know, I apologize, and I'm sorry for the threatening injury, but let me tell you something, man. Your kids see you as Superman. They, they, they look up to you, and uh, – don't, and I, just as an advice, 
whenever you're down, you know, I know things happen, but there's nothing. If you can't get up, you can still be in the bed with them watching Walt Disney shows. You can still be in the bed coloring books. You can still be in the bed playing video games. If you allow them to have video games in your house, I mean, every house is different, but uh, any activities that you have, even from homework, you can have them come in the room and you can play with them. If you have sons and you're in a room, you can grab a Nerf ball and throw it from your bed and have them catch it. You can don't use your limitation. And I'm not saying you are, as a reason why you can't do things, you just got to modify, brother. That's all you got to do. Just as long as you modify, everything you do outside with them, you can do from the comfort of your bed if you're in bed. Uh, George, what do you think on that, brother? Yeah, I, I think that's good. You know, it's interesting how uh, there's times, like my father, who's older now, he's in his mid-80s, and he's not going to do the physical labor that he did when he was younger. Yes, but he's got wisdom. I'm not going to call him to, to have, I'm not going to call him and say, Hey dad, can you help me carry a cord of wood into the garage? Can you help me replace the transmission in this car? I go to my father for his wisdom now, not for his muscles. When I was younger, Hey dad, can you help me put up this fence? Can you help me, you know, uh, set up some drywall and such? Uh, do some work around the house. But as my dad's gotten older and less physically able, what I value now from my father is his wisdom more than anything. And that just means pick up the phone and talk to dad. Yes. And I think, Mr. Calderon, I think that you've got to jump on us. If you're not physically able to go out there and dig a ditch and build a garage and put a new engine in the vehicle, you know, with your kids as they get older, uh, you do have the wisdom that you can share with them. And that's, that is what they're going to cherish. It's, you know, every kid is going to uh, remember certain things about their father mm -hmm. growing up. Yes. The father was strong. The father was wise. Yes. The father could cook. Yes. The father could build. He could fix anything. Uh, I grew up in a kind of house where, we never took our cars to mechanics. My dad would. My dad was the guy. You fix it. You find out what's wrong with it. Wow. Tinker around in it. Get under the hood. Wow. If you can't fix it, I'll help you. If we can't fix it, then it'll go to the mechanic. Yeah. But we never, ever took the car to a mechanic first. It was always like, Dad, can you help me? My car won't start. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then even before he got out of his chair, he would say, All right. Do you have enough fuel in it? Do you have a spark? Yes. Because you need fuel and spark for an engine to turn over and this kind of stuff. So, Mr. Calderon, I do believe that the wisdom that you have is what your children are going to remember. Yes. You're not going to be you're not going to be running marathons with them, uh, you know, because of your physical limitation. But they will be looking to you for wisdom. Yeah, and I just want to say, Mr. Cameron, real quick. Uh, even though your situation is your situation, you can always hug them. You always tell them how proud you are. And you can always tell them, whatever your last name is, sir, this is how we act. And that's something that you got to instill in your sons and your daughters. And even my children, they're older. I hug them. I, I will bear hug them. I, I give them, I, every time they say it, you can't come into this house without hugging. Uh, you can't, no matter how old you are, 
you got to give us a hug. But what I'm saying for you, Miss Cameron, is that don't I understand you're having a problem, but your your kids see you as Superman. Hug them. Tell them you know what. Dad loves you. Dad's here for you. And let them know, even what your situation is, whatever your last name is. This is how this is how we turn. Like like George was saying, how, it, with the car, fixing the car, um, turn on a light switch. How you brush your teeth. How you fix your even for cereal. My father was like, this is how Williams pulls the cereal in the bowl to pour the milk in the bowl to get a spoon in there, eat it. Just to that. But kids love that stuff, man. They love it, George. That's great. Yes. You know, something that you said, um, I'm trying to think when I first heard it, and it definitely came out of your mouth, because you, you and I both, we run in circles yes. with a lot of guys that say a lot of great things. Yes. And one of the things that you had said was, uh, you're either the man of the house or just a man in the house. Yes, yes. Talk about, talk about that. There are other two types of men you can be a man in the house or a man of the house. Now, if you are a man uh, in the house, that's just you're a shell of yourself, and meaning that happy wife, happy life, you know, I'm sleeping on the couch. I don't want to make mom mad. I don't want to make upset. Uh, mom's yelling at you, disrespecting you in front of the kids. Kids don't like you, and there's a lot of problems. Not to say that leads into drugs and drinking, but sometimes the kids find ways to lash out, you know. Uh, but when you're a man of the house, that means – I, I am king. My wife, yes, is queen. But please understand this. This is not happy wife, happy life. I don't live by that term. And it's not if I'm not happy, no one's happy. I, we don't, I don't play, I don't use like play on words. I don't, I don't like that stuff. I'm a Williams. That's all I know that I am. And as a Williams, it is my responsibility and my duty to keep this family moving forward, even in high times, good times, tough times, or fun times. I've got to keep this thing forward. But with that being said, that I, I do, and, and I don't want to say do, but the, the wife is the balance. It's got to be a balance between two. So the kid, it's very important for kids to see dad in strong roles seeing mom in uh, feminine roles, but also seeing mom and dad come together as a loving couple because it begins to nurture the girls and teach the boys things about relationships and things like that, seeing mom and dad having a good time and all other stuff. So when you're a man of the house, you have your hand in every cookie jar. Even though I'm not good at accounting, George, and she is, she does the accounting, but we sit down, you know, because we go on dates for the last 21 years. We go on dates every week for the last 21 years. So we sometimes we sit down, we talk about the books. We open the books up, and we talk that over, and this is what we're doing. And all right, cool. I just, as a man, I need to be in the loop of everything because when there's a decision being made, my wife expects me to make final decision. I don't make it that way, but I, my, I always laugh. My wife is like a Quaker. I always tell her she's like a Quaker from the, the 1800s because she's really like old-fashioned. So she's like, you know what? I will present it, and I just want you to go ahead and make the final decision. Unless you say just go ahead and do it. You know, steak or chicken. You know, make what you want, you know? So. You know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I, I was just thinking of Coach EO, and he just yes, adds a super chat there. Thank Coach. you, sir. Yo, man. Yeah. He says, George, did you ever have a one-night stand with a Greek woman in Chicago back in 1980? <laughs> People say I could be your boy. 
Salute GB and my guy, the Dean. Great topic. Have a great evening, everyone. Be popping. That's good. That's good. Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, spe- speaking of EO, he's the guy that says what? It, it begins, begins and ends with the man. Begins and ends with the man. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. He could be your son. Yeah. Y'all cool. Y'all both cool. He very well could be, and I'll, uh, we'll talk about that topic on another time. Yes. <laughs> but I remember, I remember you saying, uh, probably a couple of years ago, I, I remember the first time I met you, you were talking about, and it, it was like talking to uh, young men yes. about women, yes. and you were saying, uh, is she worthy of your name? Yes. Yes. I'll never forget that. Yes. And with your kids, you're teaching your kids, hey, you're a Williams. Yes. Yes. You, I am. Explain, explain that. I am teaching my kids to forge their own hammers. I, I have, now there's a rule in the house. Again, I, I no disrespect to anybody, but I always tell my kids, I'm not going to be no uh, bastard granddad. I, there's a rule here. We go, we're going to do it the right way. We go to the school. You'll get your job, you're going to get your life right, and then when you're ready to have kids, that's what I put But things happen, but we've always pushed that. But I always make sure my kids wield their hammers, and that's what I did at a young age to learn the importance of their name. Their name is everything. Their name will supersede all the high school drama, all for the all the drama, the gossip in junior high that you gotta you gotta go through that storm. But at the end of the day, always again, you know, in the in the, in the streets they call it stand on your square, but stand on your name. And when you forge that, what you're saying is, is that okay? Are you worthy enough to lift my hammer to get my attention to see if you're worth my time? And, you know, remember right, to fall in respect, George, not love, not love to fall in respect and then go from that point. But I also teach them uh, what I teach my students as well. Every phase uh, from meeting and dating, you've got to have a standard to your hammer. Uh, from relationships, that's got to be a standard for your hammer. When you're moving in with a woman, that's got to be a standard. Uh, when you're engaged, that's got to be a standard. When you're married. So everything you're doing, George, you're kind of going up the mountain. So it's it's not only for my boys, it's for girls too, uh, and for my daughters as well. The standard has got to be set by you and you alone, and you have got to realize what you are, and you cannot budge there are going to be times you want to give up. There are going to be times you're going to want to say, you know what, I love this person so much, I'll change or I'll compromise my standards. And I teach them, we do not compromise. What you see is what you get. Love me, or excuse me, respect me first for who I am, and we go as one. But I'm not going to change who I am or my makeup just to please you or make you happy because a man or a woman's job isn't to make somebody else happy. I teach them it's our job to make them feel special. Yeah, yeah. Look at 21 Studios. What, man? Is that A1? 21, that's the number, man. 21 is That's the winning number. (laughs) That is the number. Thank you, Anthony. Anthony. Appreciate that. A1, baby. All right. Show interest in your kids, and they will do the same uh, with you. Uh, to this day, 
my daughter will say to me things like, Dad, remember when we did this? Or remember when we used to go feed the geese and the ducks all the time? Remember when we went fishing? Mm-hmm. Remember when we would go to that certain movie theater? Remember when we went to that coffee house and we saw the crossdresser? I always, my daughter always says that one. There was a guy there with like a five o'clock shadow. And this was before the whole transgender thing i don't even think i don't even think transgender was a word yet honestly i don't think it was a word and but there was a dude who who had a five o'clock shadow wore a wig and a dress and when my daughter was little she we were we went to this coffee house to listen to live music and she'd be poking me and she'd say dad look over there i'm like honey i know i see it like and i'm just trying to i didn't want to yeah and she kept so to this day, all right, my daughter's 24. Yes. So say she would say to me, "Remember when I was little, we saw that crossdresser?" Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I just and it's something that we like laugh about, and we we just uh, just some weird precious times. Do you have any like interesting times with your kids that you had when they were little yeah. that they remind you of? Yeah, my kids. See, it, I, I'm going to put some stuff out there because I don't even talk about My kids and my wife work together to get me. They always work to get because, see, I'm a prankster. So I'm the kind of dad that when they're taking a shower, I'll get some cold water and dump it on the other side. I mean, I'm just, I'm a huge prankster. I, I, I will do, I'll put water on top of the, the doorway so when they push it, if I'm a big prankster. So they work together with their mom, and sometimes they don't come up with things. So one time, and I, there's two times, and I'm ashamed to say this, but I'll tell you. So the one time I'm, I'm, I'm taking a nap, they all got together and painted my, my toe, my feet, uh, with, with uh, fingernail polish. And then, you know, the, the wife woman said, I need something from uh, Walmart or Target. I, they gave me my flip-flops. I didn't look. And here I am walking around Target with my finger, my, my toenails painted. They got me on that one, right? <laughs> That's one. The second one, they got me where uh, the wife had a photo of me and I think my brother-in-law, me and my friends. So she gave me a slap on the butt. But what she did was she taped the, the picture to my butt sent me out to eat, sent me to Walmart again, and I'm walking around the store with a tape picture of me and some guys on my butt, and people are just like, glad, like I'm like, what? I'm just like, do it. So they, they love the prank, but that's how, now I, I did get it one time, and I know I shouldn't have did this, but they got me so good one time, I did the laxative brownies. I, I did it one time. I, 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 I had to get some payback. I had to get some payback, but we we love these. So those are moments they think about, they love, and they remember. And, oh, oh I tell you another best time. I, other than those things, one of the best times is my wife loves 80s rap. Run DMC and Houdini, LL Cool J, right? So when we're in the car, they are always singing rap songs from the 80s. I'm, like, driving and everything, and they like, uh, you know, they just start rapping and everything, and the kids start rapping and everything, and it, it's just like, it's just, I, don't, I know, again, it's a weird, weird family, but we're just so bonded that we have fun, but it's just so many memories, man. We we make tons of them, man. That's great. Yeah. That is great. <laughs> hey, we have a guy uh, that's in the chat, Yes, and that's John, John Hoover, Okay, and he is uh, uh, the name Budapest Mole. He also lives in Texas as well so 
what's what's the big city that you live near, Steve? I live near uh, Sugarland. I'm in I'm like in Richmond, so I live near Sugarland, 20 miles outside of Houston. So yeah, I'm I'm around okay. next door to Sugarland. Yeah, close to Sugarland. Excellent. Yeah. John Hoover, uh, put in the chat uh, what big city you are near. I know Texas is a big state. You know, some people will say, you know, I, I like Pennsylvania is a pretty big state. It's yeah. not as big as uh, Texas, but yeah. somebody will say to me. Hey, I went to I went to college with a guy from Pennsylvania. Do you know? You know, they say the guy's name, and I would say, Do you actually think I would know? A, I mean, Pennsylvania is a very big state. From Philly to Pittsburgh is a six-hour drive. So uh, most likely, I don't know. Uh, so when I got two people from Texas on the you know, yeah, on the yeah, show here yeah, tonight, yeah, so yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's, oh, okay, Steve is yeah, John says Austin. In Austin. Austin. Okay. Yeah. So I, well, he should know. Well, I, I we drive through Austin. All, we well, we go to Six Flags. You know, they don't have Six Flags anymore, so we go cut through Austin sometimes and things like that. So, but I thought he was gonna probably stay close to Houston because I was gonna tell him about River Oaks where I give my wife uh, her her bread. I sneak away on Saturdays, and that's something the that kids notice as well. They know Saturday every Saturday at least once a month that I sneak away and I drive thirty miles in town just to get her her favorite baked apricot bread. But I want the kids to see that this is how dads and moms react. So they love that kind of stuff. Yes. Excellent. All right. Uh, Let's talk about uh, non-electronics. Let's talk about the analog life. Um, Obviously, your kids grew up with video games. You know video games. Did you ever do anything that's not electronic? Like, did you ever play cards or roll dice or dominoes? Like, like physical things, George, board George, games. George, I'm from the I'm not from the hood, but no, George, we dominoes, spades, uh, we hey, wall ball, pin dodgeball, uh, army dodgeball, throw up tackle. Uh, we played twenty one. Uh, Mother May I, Marco Polo. We rode our bikes. We uh, we played tag. We. Uh, we did play some high school games. We played some other things. But no, but we, we, we played, we, look, we were not, ho- it, it, it was this rule right here, George. Be home when the light come on. When, when the street lights come on, you got to be home. Saturday morning, it was Saturday morning cartoons, eat my cake, Fruity Pebbles, eat my little Fruity Pebbles, and I'm outside. I'm outside all day, George. Even when it was cold outside, we would uh, draw lines in the field to play football, um, kickball. I, I mean, you, we, we went to, we, George, we lived, we, I mean, marbles, we, we did it all, George. George, even though we had the video games, we just, we played, man. We, we come home smelling, you know, hey, George, and then when we got home, and it was like uh, 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 Thanksgiving, after we took our, our bath and everything, we Snoopy, it was Snoopy, Charlie Brown, it was the the CBS special cart man, we lived, George. Oh man, we lived, brother. Man. You know, I I um I do enjoy getting away from electronics. Yes. You know, I enjoy getting away from all that. And uh give me a good board game. Oh, yeah. Give me checkers. Monopoly. Game of checkers, mm-hmm. you know, Monopoly. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's great stuff. Yes. That's great stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, next topic. We're just floating through a lot of things here. Uh, 
Well, with women, we like to say attention is the currency of women. If you want to, you know, if a woman wants to feel important and valued, you got to pay attention to her. Attention yeah. is the, the currency, the, you know. Yes. And, and I guess, I guess now with all this like sugar daddy stuff, it's, <laughs> it's not just attention. It's act, money is the currency too, from what I understand. Um, I, you know, I wasn't aware that there were, <laughs> I wasn't aware that there were women who will hook up with you if you pay their bills. I mean, like literally, <laughs> like literally you, oh, your cable bill, your cell phone bill, your car payment. Don't worry. I got you hooked up. I guess that's a thing, right? That's going on. Yeah, but that works both ways, George. We have game. I, I was say, I don't know. Right. I, I know you was in that radio thing. Hey, this is George Bruno. What's up, girls? Throw me your panties. I mean, I know you was cool in the southern side of the pillow, George, but it worked yeah. both ways. When you had game, women will fund your lifestyle. But I, I figured there's a question coming because I, I was about to go on a tangent, but because <laughs> I was, I, they women will fund. It's it's not even fair how it works. They, they Christmas they will buy me gifts. Uh, Valentine's Day they would cook for me. Uh, all that other stuff. It was great, man. It was the worst part about being a player back in the day was uh, what we call sucker me season. Now it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Valentine's Day for me. Oh, yeah. I usually cut all the women off because how do you deal with the ones that cry that want you to? Uh, why don't you? I want you to come spend Thanksgiving with my family. Then you got the ones that say I want to cook for you for Thanksgiving. Then you got the ones that say I want you to come over. So you got to kind of you know weed those women out. Same with Christmas and but I mean I'm just saying guys it, he, he took George took it there. I thought we go family, but George George is always <laughs> coming out of him, guys. I told you he cold. I told you. <laughs> Speaking of Valentine's Day, we're going to get off the subject just for a second now. Yeah. Valentine's Day is coming up. Yes. My experience is this, that women get real lovey-dovey when it comes close to Valentine's Day. Mm. They they want a boyfriend on Valentine's Day. Yes. From what I understand on, like, dating websites and all this stuff, it's easier to find a woman the closer you get to Valentine's Day. Men are like, I don't want to be spending money on some temporary chick. So they, men back off. Women come closer on Valentine's Day. What are your thoughts about that? I always tell guys, uh, Valentine's Day is the Super Bowl of everything because <laughs> <laughs> it's the one day of the year where they don't feel whole if they don't have a Valentine. They just... Some women will buy themselves flowers and have the flowers delivered in the office or somewhere, and they'll play the oh it's oh I got a secret admirer and they know it's from them. It's the one day where women <laughs> I'm sorry it's the one day they're desperate for a to be a Valentine. They, they their self and I won't say all, but their self worth is tied into being somebody's Valentine for some reason, and that's I, I tell guys. That's when the fangs and the claws come out because they're a little more desperate, they're a little more needy, and they're a little more aggressive. And that's what I used to do before the COVID, George. Uh, I used to set guys up. We used to have a sh on the show, I would have a Valentine's Day uh, show where you tell me what city you're in, I will tell you where to go and how to meet these women because these women are like 
just waiting to meet guys, and they want guys with personality. And the guy that has a personality, especially karaoke, George. Oh man, George, George. Yeah, when I when I was at George, the karaoke <laughs> man. I mean, hey, our dog bulldog mindset. God, I love you, bulldog. Hey, John, hey, good to see you, man. Yeah, karaoke man. I would say George is how I do it. I like, hey, George. Okay, I'm gonna tell you, you and your brother. Okay, George, you play the bass guitar, and your brother Tony, you play uh, drums. And what we are gonna do is we're gonna dance to this song, and I'm gonna jump off the stage. I'm gonna grab a woman. I'm gonna dance with her. I'm gonna come back on stage. And I had women literally stuffing dollars in my pants doing karaoke. Uh, on Valentine's Day at these things. And George, when I sat down, George, it was like I was a t- The women were just coming up to me. It, it is just not fair. But, it, George, I, and sorry, ladies, but I'm talking to the guys. It's, Valentine's Day is the <laughs> Super Bowl. It, you, you could clean up, guys. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> That's funny. That is funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, John Sumner's Bulldog Mindset is in the house. That's my Good boy. Friend and yes. Brother. Good guy. We yes. we met him this year. We all knew him from YouTube, but we all shared a stage yes. last October. Great and man. it was a pleasure to get to know him. Yes. He's a gentleman, a scholar, a man's man, a ladies man, and uh definitely worthy of uh getting to know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Vivian says, this is one of the things that makes a dude think you don't care. If you aren't rabid over Valentine's Day, you're not normal. I think it is kinder to let dudes off the hook on Valentine's Day. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the guys aren't rabid because the women, you know, you turn on your TV, right? Every kiss begins with K. And, you know, and the women want... To feel, I'm not saying you're not whole, ladies, because I don't want to be disrespectful. I'm saying that a lot of women put a lot into Valentine's Day because that's the day of love, you know. And and you know, hey George, again, I'm smooth on the other side of the pillow. You know, I got some smooth <laughs> Valentine's Day game for the ladies. I mean, for the guys out there, for only the ladies that deserve it, George. Only the ladies that deserve yeah. it. Okay, let me. Can I give you some game real quick, George? So what I say is this. Don't give her anything Valentine's Day morning. Don't do it. Uh, Valentine's Day morning is when everybody else delivers the flowers, the chocolate, the bears, and the roses, okay? What I want you to do now, this is for someone special. What I want you to do is I want you to bring the flowers, the bear, the chocolate, and the roses at lunchtime to the restaurant that you're going to eat at. Now, now, part of this is player, and part of this is if you're in a relationship. Now, if you're a player, you give them a stack of your business cards because the women are going to wonder who know you are. Now, what I do is this, is when I ask for dessert, I, wanted to bring, I want the waiter to bring one item out every five minutes, meaning that oh, everybody's Valentine's Day is over with. She loved, women love being the center of attention, George. So here we are, we're eating and all this other stuff. And all of a sudden, they have the balloons all attention on us. She gets the balloons, you know, which our eyes start welding up. And then she gets the chocolate. Then she gets the, uh, the teddy bear. But then when they bring the roses in, I get out my chair. I grab the roses. I sit in her lap, kiss her, and just sit back and watch her melt. And that, that's some game right there, George. That's, just, that's for someone that deserves George. <laughs> this, see, this is why, this is why when guys want to know what to do with their woman and they don't and they don't have that creative edge to them men there's nothing wrong with asking another man yes how to 
how to sharpen your edge a little bit. Actually, that's funny because that's one of the things that you do in your coaching, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 Easter is the same way, George. I mean, I know we're going to probably do something around Easter, but the same thing on Easter. I, I, like, George, the average guy on Easter, they just either go to church and they just go home, right? Not, not my guys. No, 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 no. Uh, George, I'm going to go to Party City. I'm going to get me the, the toy handcuffs. I'm going to get me the blindfold, and I'm going to get me the rope, and I'm going to go get me an Easter basket, and I'm going to put that in the, the bottom of the basket, George. Then I'm going to go to Walmart and grab that green grass stuff, and I'm going to put that on top of the basket, George. Then I'm going to go get a bunch of hollow eggs, and then I'm going to go to my computer, and I'm going to take a bunch of sexual things I can do to her, sexual things she can do to me. I'm going to rip them up and put them in every egg, and I'm going to put the eggs all over the apartment or the house, and when she comes over, I'm going to give her an Easter basket and say, go Easter egg hunting. I'm going to change the game up because they're not even used to that. It's fun. It's sexual. It's exciting. Come on, George. You know what's up, baby. White chocolate, baby. Come on. This is, this is great stuff. I hope, I hope these uh, guys are taking notes here. I really do. I, I, you know, I have about 90... Three, 92% men and yes. six to 8% women. So uh, I don't know how, uh, well, we have Vivian here tonight. I think Peekaboo is with us. Yes. Um, Ian Simmons says, this is gold. <laughs> Ian! <laughs> John Bulldog Mindset is giving us a little hand clap there. That's good. Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah, good. But, but we're thinking, real quick, quick, gentlemen. Or you do this. Instead of waiting for Valentine's Day, when she comes home, warm, just get a little bit of lotion, put it in the microwave for 10 seconds. When she comes home, give her a full body massage. Or if you have a woman or wife or have children, go ahead and have the children already fed, have them in bed, have them relaxed. Let her come home. You go ahead and put the bubble bath and the candles in there. Have some nice music in there. Have her favorite wine in there. Say, baby, you go in there and relax. I'm going to go ahead and take care of the kids. I got to take care of everything. I know you had a long day at work. Because, see, when, you, when, you, when you're real good with the woman, you know when she's having a bad day. So you don't even have to ask. You just react. Yeah, I see, you see white chocolate laughing, right. guys. Yeah, so you give her the bubble bath. Let her have her wine. Let her relax. And that's just the first part. Second part is not just for sex, guys, because it's not just for sex. I want her to lay down, take her clothes off. I'll put like, just like I'm a masseuse, I'll put the towel over her body and I'll work a part of her body to give her a full body massage and just a kiss on the cheek just because, because these, it's little things like that that say, you know what? I'm going to buy him some of Valentine's Day. I'm going to do something for him. Yeah, you, you do that all year long, man. Come on, it's game, George. <laughs> Michael Finn says, that's great. He loves that. Uh, let's see. William McCullough says Easter has taken on a new meaning. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> that's true. <laughs> Lana, one of my uh, new followers uh, here, she says, guys, we're sitting here as women and taking notes. <laughs> what makes a man tick? Teach us, she says. So that's interesting. One of uh, my lady followers yes. says, what makes a man tick? So let's let's answer her question. Steve, what makes a man tick? What makes a man tick is a man that is assertive, that is dominant, that has laws, rules, codes, principles, narratives, mission statements, law statements, legacy statements. He is, he embodies himself and he learns himself, but he learns also not just who he is, 
He also learns who he is when he's with women, meaning that he learns his sexual side, his sensual side, his romantic side, his seductive side. He can shift down and lower his kinky side, his dirty side, his nasty side, and be able to shift up and down, but also be willing enough to be able to adjust to the woman that he's dealing with to know that every woman isn't the same. So what you've got to do is you've got to take your time and learn more about the woman's character and not her body and see if her character matches her beauty. It's if she's worthy enough to wield the hammer that he lays down, and that's his name, George. Bam. <laughs> I mean, there's no way I could ever, no way I could ever beat that. We have one fellow here. He says, I would like to run my Valentine, Valentine's Day plan past you guys. Well, put it in the chat. Yes. And uh, and we'll comment on it. Yes. Uh, we got oh, a call, George. I'm sorry. I apologize. We yes. got a call. Uh, let's bring the call in. Area code 330. Sorry for the wait, sir. What's your question, sir? Hey, I'm. Uh, how you guys doing tonight? I uh, I'm the one who left the uh, the comment about I wanted to run my Valentine's Day plan past you guys. Really quick. Okay. Um, oh, good. Good. A few years ago, I listened to. Uh, Steve Zadine's Valentine's Day special. And it was back in the day when it was around when uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was coming out and stuff like that. A few years ago, like 2018. So I told myself, if I'm ever single during Valentine's Day, around that time, I'd do it a little different. So this year, Valentine's Day falls on the weekend. So I noticed that just like you said, the girls, the women, really don't want to be alone at all during Valentine's Day weekend. They don't want to see pictures on Facebook of girls getting roses and they're just left out and you guys touch on girls buying themselves gifts and whatnot. It's all true. So all of January, I've just been putting my bid in saying, you know, touching base, planting seeds, you know, distancing myself, just getting ready for these next two weeks. These two weeks, girls are really like, hey, so what's going on next week? And Da, 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 da. And I'm kind of like, well, you know, I really don't celebrate Valentine's Day. But if you like <laughs> to have an experience with me, fine. I'm with it. But I really don't do it. So since it's the weekend, we got three days open. We got Freaky Friday, Seductive Saturday, and Sinful Sunday. Okay? So which day do you want? So I have girls kind of like, well, what do you mean? What does that mean? And I said, well, listen to what I just said. Freaky Friday, Seductive Saturday, or Sinful Sunday. How are we going to play this out? So she said, well, what do you have in mind? I want to pick. <laughs> this is all true. I can't make this up. I can't believe they were going for this. But it's just something different. They liked it. So I said, well, Freaky Friday is like, look, you pick whatever you want to wear. I'm going to cook dinner. We're going to have wine. But I'm going to ring a bell at some point in time of that night, and it's just going to get freaky. Now, whatever you want and like, we're going to do. Whatever I want and whatever I like, we're going to do. That's Freaky Friday. Seductive Saturday is, it's all about me. I'm going to please you. Okay? It's, we're going to take the shower. I'm going to lay you in the bed. I'm going to feed you fruit. It's all about you. Sinful Sunday, we're breaking all the rules. That's that's all I got. I just wanted to run that by you. I was thinking uh, about that, but I got I got some stuff lined up. Uh, I got How a light bulb over my head. George, would you like to go for George, would you like to go for us or shall I on this one? 
This is all you. I got a light bulb over my head. Okay. Now, but first, before I say this, now, ladies, please don't judge me because I used to be a whore. So please understand this. Okay. So don't judge me. Uh, call it what I would say first of what I would do is I put all the names in a hat and do a raffle. I mean, that's what I would do if you, if you okay. have a lot of women. I'd raffle. Um, the second thing is Freaky Friday. Remember, I always tell you, you got to have, remember, I tell you, have the wine above your bed, okay? Because remember, when you're talking to the woman, you want to let her know that if you come over, I'm too lazy to go into the kitchen and I have the wine for easy access in between you and me. Now, guy, call, call her. Timestamp this at 1 hour and 11 so you'll know you can go back and listen to this because you don't have time to write all this down. But what do you say is. I got it, 111. Yeah, 111. So. Yeah, so uh, the reason I have the wine above my bed is because when you come over, I got to tell you a little secret. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pour the, a little bit, a little bit of the wine off the wine glass so it hits your body. So then it will give me the opportunity to see if the wine tastes different on your body than it does the glass. Okay. So as far as the Freaky Friday goes, I would do the the blindfold and I would do the candles. Okay. Now for a sensual Saturday. Uh, wait, wait, is it Central? It says, wait, it's Freaky seductive Friday. What's the Saturday. second thing? Okay, so Seductive Saturday. Okay, Seductive Saturday. me, that's why I tell you have. Right, but, but this is what I want you to do. Remember, see, I want you to cater to invest, okay? Invest to get a return on investment. I want you, remember, I tell you the, the, the lights in the shower. I want you to turn the lights off. I want you to put her favorite music <laughs> on. And I want you to give her an experience with the colored lights coming out for Saturday. Now, Sunday, what you can do for the woman to come over, your house should be a sexual playground. That means your living room, let's say that's area one. Uh, the kitchen is area two. Uh, sh- uh, bathroom area three. Bedroom area four. What I would do is I would grab the pieces of paper and let her raffle it off. And if we can get her into the kitchen, that's when we're going to go opening that refrigerator up we going to get all the fruit, the vegetables, and what I'm going to do, because I'm going to tell her I got a problem. I don't have a plate. So what I want to do is I want you to undress yourself, and I want to use your body as my plate. So what I will do is I will put the food all over her body, and what I will do now, man, make sure you wash your water, clean her up and everything, you know, make it, because I don't want you to eat off some feet that just, that's sweaty and everything. But I want you, <laughs> I want you, I want you to eat the food off of her. But before you eat the food off of her, that's why I tell you to have the canvas because I want you to paint her naked body. I want you to position her on the carpet and have a mirror behind her butt. So you'll, you paint the front side of her, but the mirror is going to show her butt so you can paint the back side of her at the same time. Then when you're done, you get the fruit. Now, not, not too cold, warm, lukewarm things. You place on her body, and what you're going to say is, I don't have a, a spoon or a fork. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use my lips and my tongue and eat off of your body the way you know you want me to eat off your body. George, what you say on that, big dog? George, are you judging me? Are you judging me, George? I'm gonna... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's... it's funny. We have... We have in the house in the chat here, uh, Tanisha from yes. Chicago. We got to think outside the box. We got to think outside the box. Tanisha is from Chicago. Yes. yes. Uh, and I know uh, Tanisha is probably taking notes. She's one of my one of my followers, a, yes. a, a, a dear friend, yes. and I'm glad she's here. And uh, she said, hi, George. Hi, Steve. Great discussion. Yes. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. So remember that, okay? Just, rem- hey, just rem- listen. 
Remember, man, what you want to do. Look, look, hey, this is and this is how, hey, this is. Remember, you got to marinate the meat before you cook it, brother. So what you do? Remember, uh, I always tell you, fancy air. I want you to send her a voice message or a video message, and I want you to say, you know what? Send me a photo so I can tell you why I'm looking forward to spending either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday with you. And then when they see you in the photo, that's when you say, see that I got a bone to pick with you. Now, instead of Friday, I think I need to see you right now. I'd like to spend a little time with you. But if you want to get a taste of the experience, check this out now. If you want to get a taste of what you're going to get into, what I want you to do tonight is I want you to turn out the lights. Why? Because if I was there right now, I would turn out the lights because you won't know where my hand is going as I'm undressing you. The next thing I want you to do is get okay. your favorite music on. Why? Because the rhythm that I'm going to do when I kiss, French kiss, suck and blow on your body and touch and whisper in your ear is going to be the same thing I would do if I was there right now. And then what I want you to do while you're in the shower, what I want you to do is take that towel and let that be my lips and my tongue. And what I want you to do is I want you to explore your body the way, the way you want me to explore your body. And if you want, we can go live on video. Just position me in the shower and let me watch you watch me touch you through the towel and the loofah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing some game, George, because George would do the same thing. George is laughing. I'm, take, <laughs> I'm taking notes, okay? I'm so taking Steve, notes. So, Steve, I'm the loofah? So I'm the loofah? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, when she's washing her body. Am I the loofah? No, no, no. Your lips and your tongue are the things she washes her body with. So what's happening okay, is got she's got the lights out. She's listening to her music. So she's imagining your lips and tongue. So when she's washing herself, she's going to wash her body. Right. And that's where she's going to get all excited because now you've marinated not the body, but the mind. That's what you got to marinate. Once you marinate that, the experience is going to be better. Build anticipation. I got you. (laughs) Yeah. It all starts here. It all, it all starts, starts, it in all the starts head. here. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. You, you guys are great. I know probably somebody else wants to get online, but I, I had to. I've been thinking about this all month, but uh. You know, George. One thing I learned is. Uh, I always talk about you got to see yourself as a, a company. You got to see yourself as a head of the company. But as the head of the company, you've got to learn what you're doling out and why you're doling it out. You just can't. I don't want you guys just to dole things out for women to say this is what you got to do. I'm man, blah blah blah. You know, okay, man. I, no, this is where the communication comes in. At let me know what you do good. What what do you do good? Like George, you you love to cook. And if she loves to cook up, that's where we compromise. You know what? I can do what? Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. You do Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And that way, and then on the seventh day or whatever, we just go out and go out to dinner ourselves or something. Like that. We'll both take a break. But it's, it's doling. It's, it's, and now remember, recall, this is all before you meet a woman. And that's what a lot of guys, see, a lot of guys wait for it to happen in the space. And then they say, oh, no, what do I do? You've got to know what it is you want before you walk out that door. Before you walk out the door, you've got to know that. Know what roles that you want for the woman. But remember, the the meeting and dating role is different than the relationship role. Relationship role is different than moving in together. Moving in together is different than engagement. Engagement is different than marriage. When guys go wrong, George, they go from this all the way to the marriage, 
without having some type of powwow standing and understanding of roles that we're going to have as we're going up. Because uh, you got my hammer. It looks like you got my hammer. It looks like you're getting close to my name. It looks like you're getting close to my kids. So we got to have small little powwows of understanding and clarity so there can never be any disruption. You see, that's why I never had in 21 years. My woman's only been mad at me, five, not even mad. She's been upset at me five times. George has been my fault. Only five times in 21 years because she knows I'm a workaholic. I work till like three, four in the morning. And sometimes I get a little tired, George, and I fall asleep in my, 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 my chair right here. She only wants me to come to bed when I'm tired. So five times I messed up. That's on me. But we had that understanding as we were talking of, you know, I'm a workaholic. This is what I do. I'm always grinding. I'm always working. So uh, we got to have roles, you know, uh, if you need me for the kids, if you need anything, just I'll, I'll drop what I'm doing, George, and I will go and do whatever we need to do as a team because the key word, team Williams, is not just Williams, wife, and kids. It's team Williams because when you take my name, you get all the benefits of me. I, I, I am there to, to, to work with you and see things through, brother. Uh, again, George, uh, before I walk out that door, uh, before I meet a woman, I already know that. Because one thing I always tell everybody, before I, even in my shows, I always tell them, you know, before you go to bed at night, think about the graveyard. Always remember everybody in there had one thing in common. And they thought they had tomorrow coming to them. And we don't have tomorrow coming to us. So we got to live every day like it's our last. But knowing that, having that mindset when I was young, I, I not only, I was kind of, because, you know, I love Scrooge. You know, I, I'm a, I'm, I love Scrooge. I mean, the ultimate a-hole. But I love him. But what was great about Scrooge that I learned was there was a future, past, and present. So what I had to do is think in those terms of while I'm here or how, how after what happens if I die while uh, you know, the kids are young and all this other stuff. So we had to have a plan. And that was part of the marriage thing that if in case of death in any one of us, there has to be a plan already in place so we can move forward. And most people don't think about it. And not to, not to you know, bring up death, but things happen. But I'm always, George, I just, I'm always prepared. I'm always prepared, bro. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, we started on. Yeah, it was it was the first plan. Okay, we started off in apartment. So the the next plan was after the apartment, what we're going to do is lease a house. Then when we lease the house, then the, after five years, we're going to buy a house. And then after we bought a house, the next plan was build a house. You know, we, we built a house. But now we're in a, a 6,000 6, square feet, seven-bedroom house that we built from the ground up. And we only have one kid in there. Got a bunch of dogs, a ferret, uh, I think a rabbit, like an apartment in a pear tree type thing. So we got those things. But we've got a big house right now. And it's empty. So the next phase that we planned already was that we're going to get uh, three acres of land. We'll buy three acres of land. And we're going to build something uh, for us, uh, the grand, something for, for the grandkids, and something for her parents to, to live in a casita type thing. So, But this started 
in the beginning when we didn't have. But we realized that you know what we're going to cut the corners. We don't. I, we don't have to buy. I don't have to buy anything. Expensive. Don't don't buy me anything for Christmas. Don't 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 buy me that. I don't need that. I mean, that's how we work. If we're gonna buy. We're buying for the kids. You know, because I we I believe Christmas is for kids. So that was that was the thing. We're gonna buy for the kids. We have birthdays. She got me into this thing called unbirthday gifts because I don't know why. George, you you know why you got that? You know why you got your Christmas gift, right? It wasn't me. I love you, George, but it was her because her thing is this. Ever since I've known her, if if we do something for one, she wants it done for everybody that I'm associated with because she doesn't want to have anyone feel left out. That's why you got your Christmas present. I, I George got a Christmas present from me, but anyway, but not to say we was in there, but it was because she, that her mindset is everybody should be involved type thing. That's just how she thinks. But all that started from the beginning, George, that pushed us to now. We're our, our our last son's junior, he's in his junior year, getting ready to be a senior. So now we're whittling down to get ready to sell this house to get the three acres of land to start building on that to fit that's 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 the end game grandparent mode right there. So we have nailed every step. Now we're hitting the end result. Not the end, but the end of the house. <laughs> yeah, I love you. Yeah, I love you, dog. But it wasn't me. I'm like, man, I want to give him that blood. Come on, baby. I'm not just playing, George. No, no, I'm cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> but we're just chopping up, man. That's what we do. We the thing about yeah, yeah, yeah. It, George, the white chocolate, I keep telling you, dog. He's smoother than the other side. But white chocolate, man, I'm telling you, man, we get together, we just chop it up. We can talk for hours. It doesn't matter. They're the chat room, we love you guys. Don't ask questions. It's not just for married men. to be single men. But we just want to bring back manhood. We want to bring back the man and bring back the woman and bring them back together instead of the evils out there that are telling you, not to get married and not to be with a woman and not to start a family. I want to show you guys that George not being married is the happiest man that I know because George loves George. George, George wakes up and say, hey, George, what's up, George? And his baby like, hey, what's up, George? No, you do, dog. You know, that's how George is with George. And then you got me. I'm out the game, but look, I'm success. But it's not, I'm not trying to get you to be me or George is not trying to get you to him. We're just giving you the tools that you can utilize in your life to have the success that you want. <laughs> yeah, okay, guys, first off, all oh, the chat room, I call you all the chat room dogs. Thank you very much. I ask you guys, please get the likes up for George. George is a great man. I know George ain't going to ask, but I love George enough. Get them likes up. It's my dog, George. Just do it. Say white chocolate. Click that like button. But anyway, guys, themanmindset.com. Guys, it is for men by man that I teach you a lifestyle. We have, I uh, got a cooking show on there. Uh, we have a dating chat line for you guys. Uh, uh, we have podcast shows for you guys. I do live shows. And uh, I teach you how to text women. I teach you how to be a man with a woman. I teach you how to kiss. I teach you how to make out. I teach you. I will teach you even for beginners. I'm opening up a uh, manhood you, uh, man mindset you to, for beginners because of the COVID, George, because a lot of guys are having problems communicating with women. So I'm about to open that up for guys. But 
The thing is, guys, is all I'm trying to do is show you that at the end of the day, there's two major things that I want to say to these guys. Number one, you were already a winner, and I won't accept anything less because you were the one that got to the end. You didn't need YouTube. You didn't need hypergamy. You didn't need all those goofy things that people are saying. You needed yourself, and you got to the egg. And I just want to show you why you're a winner. And number two, you've got to realize that you are the only one of your kind. And how do you know that? The fingerprint on your finger says that there's nobody else out there like you. And what I try to do, George, is I try to get them to learn their own language. Not my language, not the language of George, but you have a language all to yourself that you just need to process and learn. But, George, man, dude, this is what we do, White Chocolate. This, this is great, man. I love this, man. This is my dog, man. This is my dog. <laughs> yeah, the Patreon, yeah, 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 yeah. And we just clicked, clicked. Polling, yes, yes. I, I, George, no, I would no. You and I were the only black guys in Poland. <laughs> it was just that guy. I'm thinking with me, I was the only black guy. He was the only. <laughs> Whoa, he it, it, it is very white. Oh yeah, I, I George. What's weird was, you know, I, I don't want to stereotype me, but when I was trying to give me some chicken and grape soda, I was kind of looking around like, oh my god. <laughs> I just want to look at the grape soda chicken. I mean, that's just my little stress read. But, yeah, but George and I were the only black people in Poland. They call me Unk. Unk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. I, I love that, George. I, I, I think, because, listen, I'm sorry that you didn't have, but if I could be the uncle you never had, I, I, I will you at open arms. I, I, I love you like you're my nephew, and I will do everything I can to equip you with what you need to handle what's out in that world. I, I, I will not It doesn't matter what color you are. You're a man to me. And I love that, George. Thursday night. Once a month. Oh. That's smooth. Hey, yeah, look at that smooth. Hey, Poland. Hey, the people in Poland are like, my God, look at the black guy. He's got a beard. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to say something real quick, George. Hey, hey, guys, he's always doing like, hey, you doing? I'm George Green on this. But when he get with me, oh, he go back to 1975. What was you at the rear of that studio today when he was scratching records, talking to women? Be like, what's up, See, I'm bringing out, I'm bringing that old George out. Look at that. Hey, look, y'all see his face coming out? Look at that man. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. He's all the That's my dog. <laughs> yes. However you want to do it, George. However you want to do it. I'm there for you. 
Yes. George, wait a second, George. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hold on. I mean, I took the belt from George. Y'all don't realize this. I took the, I took the belt from George and everything. See, White Chocolate was so busy on the radio back in '75. I kind of clocked him in his head and stole his belt. See, right now I'm holding the George Bruno belt of manhood right now. I just changed it to my face right now. But this would be George's right now. I'm just holding for him right now, George. I'm just holding for you, baby. I'm just holding for him. <laughs> on my channel I cover everything I cover relationships I cover texting I cover talking approaching I cover uh, the first date uh, like I told God I show you how to have wine above your bed I cover that I cover how you approach how you text how you go on your first date, how you set up your laws, your rules, your codes, your principles, your narratives, how you cook dinner, what you do on Valentine's. I, I go on. I do everything, George, because I am, as a man, I try to be all things. So I can teach all things, just like you, brother. I, any, I teach all things, man, all things, all things, man. <laughs> hey, I'm, we got about to get white chocolate. Yeah, white chocolate. Hey, guys, his new name, white chocolate. Guys, when y'all say hi to him, say hi, white chocolate. That's his name, white chocolate, because he's smoother than the other side of the pillow. Remember that guy. How was that, man? That was good, huh? That was awesome. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just be a joke, yes. <laughs> yes. I know, I'm shocked. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I... <laughs> yes. Yes, my brother. So, hey, anything you need, hey, George, if you want me to, uh, what I, what I, wait, do you have any books or anything? Are you selling anything? What are you selling? No, no coaching? Do you have a website? Okay, George. Well, I can make you a website, brother. Let me make you a website. And then what we could do in these banners I can download you commercials for your thing. So we have commercial breaks where you can press a button and I, I, it'll be a commercial ad for you. I can do all that, bro. So, yeah. So uh, you, so there's nothing you're selling right now? Nothing. But, George, you get all this money on the table, George. You should, uh, okay. I love you, man. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. 
Right, right, right. Right. Well, with the, as many people you have, you can set up coaching, and that's a brand new stream that'll knock out one of those jobs, dude. That you've got money on the table, man. That or you got so much knowledge, even a book. You can, George. You could just take a tape recorder and just start talking into the tape recorder, and then I'll show you a place on Fiverr that you can send to them, and they'll do they'll they'll translate. They'll do all the work for you. They'll just take your voice and translate the words, and then you put a book together. I mean, you've got too much knowledge. Like like you how you went to your father, they you they need you they need what you have here because you have all this man, oh my God George yes, it's something to think about I, I don't no pressure I got you. Okay well and, and you, hey if you need a website don't worry about it Just, I, I'll show you how to set it up and I'll do all the work for you brother because I got you like four for the black okay. All right, George, relax, brother. You need me. Get at me. And yeah, pick the Thursday, whatever Thursday you want. First of the month, first of the first of Thursday. However you want it, I'm there. Okay. Just let me know, my brother. Okay. All right. You take care, George, brother. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.